led her back to Route 9, where it burbled cheerfully through a culvert under the tar only two miles from home. Nowadays, she probably had enough wood savvy to find her way back to the road or to one of the rock walls bounding her land, but the key word was probably. So she carried a compass. She found a good stand of maple around three o'clock. In fact, she had found several other good stands of wood, but this one was close to a path she knew, a path wide enough to accommodate the tomcat. Come September 20th or so, if someone didn't blow the world up in the meantime, she would hook her sledge up to the tomcat, drive in here, and do some cutting. Besides, she had walked enough for one day. Look good, Pete? Pete barked feebly, and Anderson looked at the beagle with a sadness so deep it surprised and disquieted her. Peter was done up. He seldom took after birds and squirrels and chipmunks and the occasional woodchuck these days. The thought of Peter running a deer was laughable. She would have to take a good many rest stops on the way back for him, and there had been a time, not that long ago, or so her mind stubbornly maintained, when Peter would always have been a quarter of a mile ahead of her, belling volleys of barks back through the woods. She thought there might come a day when she would decide enough was enough, She'd pat the seat on the passenger side of the Chevrolet pickup for the last time and take Peter to the vet down in Augusta. But not this summer, please God. Or this fall or winter, please God. Or ever, please God. Because without Peter, she would be alone. Except for Jim. And Jim Gardner had gotten more than just a trifle wiggy over the last eight years or so. Still a friend, but... Wiggy. "'Glad you approve, Pete, old man,' she said, putting a ribbon or two around the trees, knowing perfectly well she might decide to cut another stand and the ribbons would rot here. "'Your taste is only exceeded by your good looks.' Peter, knowing what was expected of him—he was old but not stupid—wagged his scraggy stub of a tail and barked. "'Be a Viet Cong,' Anderson ordered. Peter obediently fell on his side. A little wheeze escaped him and rolled on his back, legs splayed out. That almost always amused Anderson. But today, the sight of her dog playing Viet Cong, Peter would also play dead at the words hooch or me lie, was too close to what she had been thinking about. Up, Pete. Pete got up slowly, panting below his muzzle. His white muzzle. Let's go back. She tossed him a dog biscuit. Peter snapped at it and missed. He snuffed for it, missed it, then came back to it. He ate it slowly, without much relish. Right, Anderson said. Move out. Three. For want of a shoe, the kingdom was lost. For the choice of a path, the ship was found. Anderson had been down here before in the thirteen years that the Garrick Place hadn't become the Anderson Place. She recognized the slope of land a deadfall left by pulpers who had probably all died before the Korean War, a great pine with a split top. She had walked this land before, and would have no trouble finding her way back to the path she would use with the tomcat. She might have passed the spot where she stumbled once or twice or half a dozen times before, perhaps by yards or feet or bare inches. This time she followed Peter as the dog moved slightly to the left, and with the path in sight, one of her elderly hiking boots fetched up against something. Fetched up hard. Hey! she yelled, but it was too late. 
in spite of her pinwheeling arms. She fell to the ground. The branch of a low bush scratched her cheek hard enough to bring blood. Shit, she cried, and a blue jay scolded her. Peter returned, first sniffing and then licking her nose. Christ, don't do that. Your breath stinks. Peter wagged his tail. Anderson sat up. She rubbed her left cheek and saw blood on her palm and fingers. She grunted. Nice going, she said, and looked to see what she had tripped over. A fallen piece of tree, most likely, or a rock poking out of the ground. Lots of rock in Maine. What she saw was a gleam of metal. She touched it, running her finger along it, and then blowing off black forest dirt. What's this? she asked Peter. Peter approached, sniffed at it, and then did a peculiar thing. The beagle backed off two dog paces, sat down, and uttered a single low howl.